0: What is the longest project you've ever worked on? My longest project took from 1974 to 2019, the construction of my harpsichord. In junior high school, with my father's help, I built a small harpsichord. It was made from a kit by the Zuckerman Company and was the only way to make your own instrument. The kit cost $250, and you had to get your own lumber. The result was modest, though instructional. The original Mr. Zuckerman eventually sold his interest in the company in favor of following some other lightweight interests to a m- much more serious builder, a man who designed many new and more historically informed instruments in kit form and as finished instruments as well. One of these kits was modeled after a mid-18th century French harpsichord. Although not an exact copy, it would sound and look very much like the real thing. When well, I got news of this. Perhaps from seeing an ad in an airline magazine, I was fired up to have one. The company issued many bulletins announcing the pending availability, and then another letter saying that at last they were on hand. I sent in my $2,000 for a kit. This included plans, instructions, hardware, much of the wood already pre-cut, including a spruce soundboard, plank, keyboard and jacks, I'm sorry, blank keyboard and jacks and strings. To my dismay, no kit arrived. When I wrote to inquire the status of my order, I was always told it would be just a little longer. Eventually I got tired of that and called the owner. In a tired voice, (coughs) he explained some of the delays. I mustered a certain indignation and he said I could have my money back if I wanted it. So I waited. More months passed and finally a heavy package arrived at the apartment with the kit, a triumph. I would be one of the first to build this new and greatly more authentic instrument. I pulled the package apart, lay out the plans and drawings, pawed through the instructions, and began laying it on the floor on the second bedroom in our Boston apartment. I had few tools and no work much, so bought some ho- sawhorses and a sheet of plywood, bought the necessary drill bits and some other tools, and set to work. It took about a year of my spare time. There were many very minute, demanding, repetitious, and time-consuming steps to build such a thing. Writing an account of all these steps would take at least a chapter of a book, compared to learning as an apprentice in a shop, learning to do it from a book is a hit-and-miss process. But I would learn. Time ground on. At one point, there was an express letter from the firm's owner, Mr. Way, saying that there needed to be an additional brace built into the thing to keep it from collapsing under the weight of the string tension. I prevailed on a machinist friend who obliged me by making the added brace. When a year had passed, it was complete, or at least fully functional. The original case was a midnight blue on the outside, cream inside, with gold leaf rectangle decorations on the outside. The stand was rudimentary, but did the job. I was very pleased to have the construction off my shoulders and to be able to play it for people who had gone curious about what I was doing with all the time I spent on it. That was 1975. In 1976, we moved to Ithaca, and the harp score took its place along with the piano in the dining room. By some chance, its color matched the wall of wall rug. At some point, I met the Cornell 40 pianist Malcolm Bilson and invited him to have a look at it. He obliged, came to the house, and ran through some things. He told me that it was not well regulated and what I should do to make the action more responsive. I was a bit disappointed, but took the suggestions to heart, and when I had done the work, the action indeed worked better. After several years and a couple more moves, I lived in a small house in Ithaca with little Will and Laura. I left town for two weeks in April for my annual army duty and discovered on returning that the upstairs toilet tank had cracked open in my absence. It had pumped away for two weeks, never draining the well. The house was severely flooded. The harpsichord had a lake of water on top of the soundboard, and many of the strings had popped as the water caused the instrument to expand. The job of repair was more than I could contemplate, but thanks to a very sympathetic insurance agent, I had the cash in hand to hire someone else to do it for me. I drove it to a harpsichord builder in Connecticut and hired him to replace all the strings and do some other repairs. His wife was an artist, and I hired her to paint the soundboard with elaborate and characteristic historic decoration. I think at this point I had him paint the outside as well, and now it was a nice deep green. I acquired a more historically correct period's stand also. The net of this was that the process was to make the instrument a much better instrument than before. This builder told me that there was a theory that the great Cremona violins were made from logs floated down the river to the sawmill, and therefore the flooding may have done something for the soundboard. I was willing to go along with that thought. More time passed, and my construction efforts were now mainly involved in the maintenance of it. All the constant minor little chores needed to fix this and that and to make it all work together more accurately. Time passed and the instrument continued to improve incrementally. By the early 2000s, the effect of the flooding began to be noticeable and the case experienced some warping. This time I drove it to the Zuckerman factory in Connecticut for expert repair. David Way, the man who had sold me the kit, was now dead, but his replacement was even more experienced. They had a way of drilling into the case from underneath adding some additional braces and making removable doors that could be used to access the insides in the future if necessary. I also had them redo the action, replacing the little plastic plectra that set these strings to vibrating, and also went in to uh, spend a weekend in their shop learning professional tricks. This brought it to another new level. About this time I decided that I really was, was more interested in playing the piano, and the harpsichord got less attention as it takes a solid hour to tune the thing, and it needs tuning at least every week to keep it in good tune, that really eats into time for playing and practicing. The piano needs tuning twice a year, and you pay someone else to do the chore. When I tuned it up and looked after it, I always marveled at the sound and what it could do to enhance the sound of early music, but then it would be neglected again. Eventually, I decided it would be good to sell it. It's part of an overall downsizing of things. By this point... 2018, it had developed some additional problems, so I hired a technician from Ithaca to work on them. By now, Harpsichord technicians had advanced a great deal further, and Don knew some things that would fix the sticking keys and the high treble. But it was complicated and related to the design problems I first mentioned when I needed to put an additional brace in it back in 1975. Now I really needed another three internal braces to stop the slow inward migration of the case. Don McKechnie did this work, plus some additional regulating using techniques discovered in recent years, and the thing now works and sounds better than it ever did before. I think I could say now that it is, in fact, finished. But how can I sell it now? <clears throat> Later in the summer of 2019, I trucked the harpscord back to the Zuckerman factory in Stonington, Connecticut to have them convert it to a transposing instrument. This allows me, with a simple change, to make it playable at both A440 and A415. At A415, the A sounds as a sharp, and the whole instrument sounds as though it were tuned half a step lower. The A440 is standard concert pitch. It's the level pianos and orchestras have used for a long time and are tuned to. But The A415 pitch is preferred by some Baroque performers on the grounds that back then in the 18th century, many instruments were turned about that level. The transposition is made without having to retune the instrument and only takes a few minutes. Mm -hmm. The pitch level is a controversy that is likely to always be with us. This new feature should keep the instrument saleable for many years to come.